Super Talk Mississippi media production. What if everyone was turning their head to look at you with a brand new Flowmaster exhaust system from Exhaust Pro in Macomb on Georgia Avenue? Cruise in style with Exhaust Pro of Macomb on Georgia Avenue. What is up on a Friday? I am Brian Scott Rippey. My co-conspirator, as always, is Colin Brister. We appreciate you hanging out with us on this Friday, September 27th edition of the Rebel Report. It is Mailbag Friday, uh, the people's holiday to the intro-less podcast. I've got an update on that. I've got big news as far as... Nobody's going to believe your update. No, no, no. I actually, I've, you, we wait. I've got, I've got a real one. And I've got... We've got sponsorship news, so we've got all kinds of cool stuff to get to. Questions. Uh, there is a football game that they have to play in Tuscaloosa. They are not allowed to forfeit. And so we'll get into that some. We'll get into picks as always. What's up? I've got a, I've got an intro update. All right, so, so, so give us the intro update. You don't have anything to share? No. Um, no, I don't. Man, my life right now is a. I, I am waiting to move to a, a town in Mississippi. Uh, I started a new job October first, so I'm just waiting around doing nothing till then. My life is a microcosm of boring. Okay, so I have the guy. I have the. I directly. I took matters into my own hands. I asked my boss. I was like, "Can I just email this guy? His name is David. And can I ask him to make me an intro? Because apparently, if." I send anything up the food chain. It's just not happening. Like, I've, I don't really understand. But, uh, and I got his email, and it said he is in Ukraine right now. So sometimes okay. it takes him a while to respond. But if you tell him what you want, he'll take care of it. And, yeah, we should be good to go. So after we get done with this podcast, I'm going to e- shoot an email across the pond to Ukraine. And assuming they have Internet and he is not, you know, he is safe. We might well, we might get a response. I can I can tell you that that phones work over there, and uh, don't maybe don't have to investigate Joe Biden. Yeah, I guess that's true. I saw some of that in the news this week. I don't know, like breaking news. People that work in politics are not really straight shooters. Back later for more. <laughs> um, so we've got that going on. We've got. Let's see. Let's just get right into the question. Actually, this would be a good time to introduce our new sponsor. Our sponsor is LB's Meat Market. Uh, Greg, great guy. Go see him. Uh, They're they're on University Avenue across from Kroger. Uh, Really excited about the partnership. He, I guess, listens to this podcast, so we found the other person other than my parents. And... (laughs) Just kidding, y'all are doing great. We got good numbers. And he decided he wanted to sponsor it. So we've got a... He now pays us to advertise... Obviously, paid advertisement. Like, we're big time now. I'm kind of in shock. Yeah, yeah. Somebody actually wanted to uh, advertise their product on uh, on on our soliloquy of words. That's, that's one of the more amazing things that I've ever seen in this life. But yeah, Greg's good people. They have plate lunches every day. Uh, really good food. Like, I'm not just saying that. When I, when I lived in Oxford full-time, I, I worked right beside Greg. So I went there probably too much, at least like three times a week. Oh, so, yeah, Greg, Greg's really good people. Go check them out. Oh, yeah. You re- you don't really want to get ahead of the game on your cookouts, grill-outs this fall. I mean, it's football season. He's got steaks. Uh, he's got sausage, all kinds of stuff. As you mentioned, they've got specials every day. Um, 
all kinds of stuff. Go see Greg Elby's Meat Market if you want a specialty cut. He'll hook you up. Across from Kroger University Avenue, Greg, uh, Greg's got the meat. So, yep. let's get right into the questions, I guess. I guess, I, I, I mean, I, again, as I talked about on Wednesday, we don't, like, there, there's not a ton of reason to preview this game. Like, I'm not going to go, how is Ole Miss going to corral Alabama speed? Shh, breaking news, they're not. Alabama's really good, and the receiving core is going to do pretty much whatever they want. This really the only storyline going into this week is the quarterback situation. Matt Corral, yep. he was at practice on Wednesday for the game planning periods, game planning portions of practice, and so you know he didn't do a whole lot. Matt Luke said he's thrown some, but not really during like the. It didn't sound like within the confines of like normal practice stuff. Is basically the way I'll put that. So. Uh, you asked me on Wednesday, gun to your head, do I think he plays? I'm now ready to lean no. And I think yeah, that was I, a, I, I'm go ahead. completely towards no. Yeah, um, I, I think that was an important distinction, though, because he could have missed on Tuesday because Tuesday they hit a little more, they go a little longer, they work on some stuff that they weren't good at, and Wednesday would seem to be more game planning. And I say that usually using context clues. They don't let us in there. They don't go as long. If you miss Tuesday and Wednesday, it was going to be a little bit harder to see him play. Of course, they do have Thursday stuff. They got walked through Friday. I guess it's not inconceivable because bruised ribs do get better with time. But I, there was it was an important difference to me if he had been out there Wednesday, like fully. Well, I mean, and, and two, I think. Look, I don't know how to say this. I think if this were a team that Ole Miss could be competitive with, and not Alabama, that there'd be more of a possibility that he can miss Tuesday and Wednesday practices and still play. I don't think they're going to run this kid out there and possibly get him hurt uh, in a game that, frankly, they know they can't win. Yeah, no, I would agree with that, too. And then you've got this second-layer dynamic here of, like, like you can't tell me in the back of Matt, Matt Luke and Rich Rodriguez's mind they might want to see what this lightning in a bottle was, or if it was lightning in a bottle with John Rice Plumley. Why not just see oh, the game action? Yeah, they, they, they want to see more on their backup quarterbacks and see what they got it. Is, is Saturday going to be a good gauge for that? Probably not. I mean, let's just keep it real. But, I mean, it, it's also not going to hurt anything to get, you know, John Rice Plumley and Grant Tisdale into some live action and see some bullets flying around either. No, it's not. And at the same time, yes, this is probably not the best time to throw Tisdale in for the first time. And really, Plumley, if he has extended action for the first time other than those two drives. But at the same time, Alabama's defense has been human. Ole Miss is probably not going to fare particularly well against their defensive line up front. But Alabama, it's not the. It, it would be a much more daunting challenge, and I'm talking 15, 16 ish Alabama defense, because I remember a game, to use Mississippi State as an example, and this was the 16 year where Mullen kind of had a down year, and really the whole goal of that year, they lost to South Alabama, but the whole goal was to kind of find a quarterback for 20. I guess this was 2017, maybe. 20, I don't remember. It was 16. So it was kind of trying to find a quarterback for the 2017 and 2018 seasons, like permanent. And I remember they had kind of found it at Nick Fitzgerald at that point, and he was just getting hammered in that game. And I think it may have been Hugh Kellenberger at the time was like, they should probably get him out of there from a physical and just mental beating standpoint and just move on because this really doesn't make a difference. Yeah, do so, something else. Yeah, so it would be different if it was that kind of defense. I don't feel like they're going to physically demoralize you like they have. I mean, Ryan Helensky did some decent things. Duke moved the ball incrementally. It is a because of injuries and a lack of depth and really some widespread youth that you haven't seen with Saban defenses maybe ever. I'm I, I'm not well versed in 2007 Alabama other than they, I think they lost to ULM, but <laughs> I, I don't think you've seen that. And so 
while I don't necessarily, I'm not making the argument that they're neither one of them is going to tear it up or they're going to be quote unquote fine, but there is some room for some intermittent success. Yeah, sure. Um, I, I think they can move the football enough to score maybe 14, maybe even 21 if Alabama scores enough to let them do that. Uh, like you said, it, it's not the defense of 2011, 2012. Uh, that, that you just can't move the football on. But it's also still an Alabama defense. So it'll be interesting. Ole Miss is going to have to block pretty well to give these guys time to do anything. They're going to have to at least try to lay a hand on them at some point. So that, that's what's going to be interesting to me. Is everybody's going to be watching the quarterback. I'm going to be watching the offensive line to see if those quarterbacks have a time to make anything out of anything. Yeah, I will be interested to see that too. I think we have some questions regarding that. So let's just get right into it. Let me, right. let me pull this up real quick. This is great podcast slash radio. We got a decent bit of questions. It's been back-to-back good weeks. Well, I'm glad they like you because I got three. Let's see. All right, here we go. Top five gas station food items. I think we've done this before, but... If that's another test you want to run by, if you want to intentionally run the same question to see if anyone notices, I noticed that one. That's probably happened before where I haven't. I don't know. I like. Uh, sour straws are always a plus. Uh, okay, so we're talking like candy? Yeah. Okay, all right. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big Butterfingers guy. I, I like a good Butterfinger. All right, did you ever like the sour straws that, that you probably got as a kid? That's why I said sour punch straws. Oh, okay. I thought you said sour patch kids. My bad. Uh, yeah. Same, same yeah, ish yeah, thing. Those, I like both of them stuff. fine. I uh, I actually like Twizzlers, which is an unpopular opinion. So I have some weird Twizzlers, candy fetishes. Twizzlers are bland to me for some reason. It's an acquired taste. I used to think that as a kid too. I used to get it in Halloween, so like and I was like, wand? "Yeah, I was like, this shit sucks." But now I kind of like them. I don't really know why. Um, I also like dots. My girlfriend makes fun of me because I like dots. She says no one in the history of the universe has ever liked dots, and I should go see a doctor. Yeah, that's the that's the candy you get in, like your Easter basket to just kind of throw away. I don't know. I like them. I dig dots. I I don't really know why. I've always liked them. And that's not really a gas station uh, food. I like beef jerky. You can't go wrong with like a mini bag of beef jerky. I don't really get the big ones anymore because my I, my like jaw gets tired after a while. <laughs> And I'm trying to think what else. What else is close one? Oh, those spicy peanuts. I don't really know why. They're easy to go down the road, like, while you're, like, kind of just funnel them into your mouth like some kind of savage while you're driving. You, you feel like the guy that when they have to go into the quick stop takes a minute to make up his mind. Yeah, I do. I drive a lot for work. Sometimes I get hungry. I like snacks. Like, it's a big, that's a big moment before I get back on the road because if I get, like, a bag of chips or I try something new and it's not very good, I'm just screwed for the next three hours. Yeah, because you can't stop again. Well, I mean, I guess I could. I don't really want to. <laughs> uh, so that's I'm not. I don't even have five. I don't know. Butterfingers. Oh, is wait, good. he wanted five. Oh, well, I mean, all right. Butterfingers, Starburst. I'm I'm, a, I'm I'm big on candy. Uh, the Sour Patch Straw or Sour Punch Straws, whatever. I don't know, man. Uh, the Hershey's Cookies and Cream. That that's good stuff. Yeah, I, I, I think that'd be my four. Uh, I don't know if Red Bull counts because I've incorporated that into my daily routine. But there's nothing like a nice Red Bull high the first forty five minutes you get on a long trip. Uh, how many How many Red Bulls would you drink during finals week? 
I only started. I didn't really do Red Bull until I started this job, and so I had one oh, okay. year of that grad school thing left. But I didn't really have like finals and stuff because it was a marketing deal. So it was mostly just like projects. But I have uh, this is a terrible habit. But I've gotten to where I'll drink coffee in the morning now and then drink a Red Bull before the show. So I'm gonna die at forty. All right. So yeah, that's not the greatest. Probably not the greatest routine to have. Um, let's see. How many yards do you think Ely will have on Saturday? How many yards do you think Kylan Hill will have on Saturday night? Yeah, so I put this out yesterday. We don't really discriminate Ole Miss State questions. You can ask whatever you want. I don't watch a ton of State because, one, they played against Ole Miss. They played at the same time as Ole Miss, I would say, like, I guess at least two out of the four weeks, and then sometimes it's been right before or right after. As far as Ely, I would, uh, I would venture to say he'll get more than one touch. It like he got in the second half against Cal. I don't know. I'll go seventy five yards for Ely. Uh, yeah, that seems about fair. I mean, I don't. Colin Hill's an extremely good football player. I don't know how healthy uh, Tommy Stevens is. Uh, I don't really believe in Garrett Schrader yet. I think Auburn's going to make them throw the football. So I don't know. I think Colin Hill has probably under a hundred yards on Saturday. What was the first question? I couldn't hear you. Jerry and Ely. That was I said seventy five for Ely. Okay, I thought I thought they asked uh, how many yards for somebody else on Saturday. I just couldn't hear. No, they said sorry. They said Jerry and Ely and Kylan Hill. That was the question. Uh, oh, Jerry and Ely, uh, forty. I'm gonna I'm gonna go forty for Ely. Forty for Ely? Yeah. I said seventy five for Ely, and I'll go one twenty for Hill. I think they're gonna feed him a lot. Auburn's run defense is really good, but I think Hill's just going to get enough volume of carries. It seems like Moorhead's finally committed to giving him the football, which, shocker, has proved to be a pretty good strategy instead of slamming Nick Fitzgerald into the line of scrimmage 15 times a game. So I'll go 120 for Hill on, like, 20-something carries. Okay. Um, yeah, I, 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 I need to know who's playing quarterback. Because if Schrader's playing quarterback, I don't think he can throw well enough to keep Auburn from getting in an eight-man box and just shutting Hill down. I would say I agree, but I think I think Kentucky tried a little bit of that, and Auburn's more formal with Kentucky. But as long as there's like, as long as Hill has a hole in terms of like getting three and four yards downfield, he's so damn strong. Like he is, he's actually very fun to watch run. I mean, the kid is agile and he's really strong. I think he just kind of manufacture. I mean, of course, it's a different deal if it's kind of like Ole Miss Memphis circa the season opener, and Scotty Phillips is getting hit as soon as he takes the handoff from the shotgun. That's a little bit different, but if you could get Hill a decent, even just a crease of space, I think 25, 30 carries, he could still just kind of manufacture 115, 120 yards. Okay. I don't see State, I don't see State winning that game, though, to be completely honest. No, I, I don't really see that game being close. I think Auburn is really good. I've been yelling Auburn's good in the abyss. I think State's good enough, particularly if Stevens is playing, to keep it. Because I, I think State's defense is better than A&M's defense. And Bo Nix didn't really do a whole lot against A&M. He did enough not to lose, which freshman quarterback still developing game manager, that's kind of what you want, right? You just don't want to have to win and try to win in spite of the kid. Yeah. And so I, I think State's defense is good enough to bottle them up for that to be an ugly-ish game, but I just I don't see I, – I, I can't see State winning that game over there. I'll go – they didn't ask for a prediction, but uh, 24-14 Auburn. I'm going to go 31-17. Okay. The next question is from the Ole Miss logo that says, what's the worst that could happen? Well, a meteor could hit the earth and we could all not be here tomorrow. Okay, all right. I'm going to make an argument that's not the worst thing that could happen. 
I like my life. I think this job's okay. I'm drinking a nice coffee right now. We've got a nice sponsor you know, who has the meats. Things are going well. I don't really want a meteor to hit the earth. It'd be nice to have the day off of work. But other than that, I would really not like that. So I would reject that counterpoint. <laughs> the worst thing could happen. I like to uh, There's no other context to the question. There is no other context to the question. For the sake of content, we will put this in the framework of what happens to Ole Miss on Saturday. What is the worst that could happen? Uh, because it's Scotty not really Phillips a game that you're going to be judged off. Who? Scotty Phillips gets hurt. Okay. Um, you get, well, Scotty Phillips and or Jerry on Ely and or Elijah Moore get hurt. That You need to get out of there with those three all healthy. Um, past that, I don't really know how much else you go poorly. Um, you know, as long, as long as you avoid, you know, disastrous injuries. Okay, that's that's certainly fair, um, but like I don't know. I mean, it's the worst thing in the world. They play an injured Corral and he has a worse injury. Like that doesn't seem good for them long term. No, but I think there's a lot worse things. Like I, I feel like if you play Corral, he has a worse injury. I mean, you're playing John Rice Plumley. Are you really losing that much production? Whereas if you're losing Jerry Ely or Scotty Phillips or Elijah Moore, who, buddy? I feel like the fall-off from those players to the others are, are, are much deeper than the fall-off from Corral to a Plumlee or a Tisdale. Yeah, I would say injuring a linebacker, too, because Alabama, yeah. they're still Alabama. They physically wear you down. I mean, you get blown out, and say you lose a Jacquez Jones. or I'm not like forecasting anyone get injured. I don't want it to sound like that. But you lose a Jacquez Jones it. or a Willie Hibbler, whether it be a serious or a minor injury. Like You got Vanderbilt next week in a game that could really – like you let that game get out of control. We talked about this on Wednesday. That can really change the trajectory of how people view your not just the season, where this whole ship is headed, because people already have doubts. And now, I would say that a loss to Vanderbilt would open up the floodgate of doubt to pretty much just drown everyone yeah. past it's recovery. And so you don't. You would like to come out of it relatively healthy. And so I would say losing one or two linebackers would be fairly catastrophic. Yeah. I completely agreed. I mean, you lose you lose to Vanderbilt, and this, and this ship goes from lost at sea to crashed into an iceberg, and it dies. Yeah, I, so I, I would say that's 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 a hundred. That's definitely worst case scenario or uh, worst case. Uh, other than that, I don't really know. I mean, there's no like they lose sixty two to seven. Well, shocker, they lost sixty two to seven last year and sixty six to three for that. There really is no scoreboard number that's like. Worst case scenario, it's an injury. It's, I, I guess there's an argument to be made. You put Tisdale and Plumlee in there, and they're just completely overwhelmed by a really good defense, and it stunts their development. I don't really know how that would really affect them long term, but if they really, really struggle, I mean, that shakes confidence. That could be bad. I don't really know how you would quantify that into a worst case scenario. So that's pretty much all I got, unless I'm missing something. Yeah, look, if you offered Matt Luke to me right now a 40 point loss, but everybody gets out healthy, I think the man takes it. I don't think you could put a number on a loss if everyone gets out healthy. I think he would take that. Uh, 100. You, think, you think you could offer a 100 point loss and everybody healthy? I mean, good? yeah, I guess there is a ridiculous number, but you kind of get my point. He, I think he'd take another 60... Oh, I'm not, if I, I'm not going to speak for Matt Luke. If I was Matt Luke, I would take another 66 to, or 62 to 7 and everyone's out healthy. Yeah, because you're not winning. I mean, there's no press. Can Tiger surpass Jack Nicholas as the undisputed greatest of all time? 
without getting to 18 majors. If he, right, gets, I'm going to scroll Twitter and let you have this one. Yeah, that's fine. If he gets to 83, 84 wins and finishes with 15 majors, possibly 16, does that enough to do it? I don't know. I Tiger Woods. It's a complicated argument. I'm not much for these greatest of all time arguments for a number of different reasons because it's so subjective. Because, like, I'm 24. I'm not about to sit here and be like, Tiger Woods is better than Jack Nicholas. I didn't watch Jack Nicholas play golf. I, I know he's really good. I know he dominated the sport. I know the competition wasn't nearly as good back then. I know that Tiger Woods changed this game of golf. I would say Tiger Woods changed the game of golf pretty much unlike we've ever seen any other athlete change a single sport. I could be missing a sport if you want to say Lance Armstrong. I don't know. What you kind of get my point there, Michael Phelps? I have no idea. I don't know enough about those sports. I think he changed a major sport more than anyone that I can ever really recall. Even in early Tiger's early stages, I was barely old enough to quantify what was happening, and I sure wasn't old enough to fully appreciate it. So I don't know the answer to that. In my mind, I think Tiger's the greatest golfer ever. But obviously I'm biased because I haven't seen Jack Nicholas. I just think Tiger's impact on the game. I mean, you look at these dudes now. You look at Dustin Johnson. You look at whoever. These guys are athletes, and they're doing weight training programs, and they're doing stuff like that. And, yes, there's guys that, like, on the other side of the, the coin that don't work out at all and kind of pride themselves on them being a you know kind of chubby golfer or whatever. But he changed the way people look at the sport. He changed the interest level in the sport. He changed how people work out fitness-wise. I would say he's the best ever. I don't think he needs another major to do that. I think he's completed the greatest comeback story in the history of golf. So I don't think any amount of majors he wins until he gets to that 18th is really going to sway people already to where they – like. I don't think they're going to change many people's opinion already. I think people are pretty set in their ways. Obviously, if he gets over 18, it's undisputed. I don't see that happening. So that's my Tiger take. All right. Sounds good to me. Is BS Rippy scared to talk about JFK? I didn't we already talk about this? I mean, look, just answer the man's question. No, I'm not. I, 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 how about I'll watch this Sunday? I'll make it a point to watch a JFK related documentary about all of that, and then I'll get back to you with answers on Monday. Somebody's got to hold me to that. All right, all right, I'll do it. Yeah, somebody texts me on Sunday and be like, hey, you better be watching that JFK documentary because if you don't talk about it on Monday, we riot. Um, who's winning the World Series is the second question. Oh, uh, the Los Angeles Dodgers. I'll say the Houston Astros. Okay. Um, I, You know, as, as much as the, the mismatch in the National League seems as the Dodgers are head and neck over everyone else, the Braves are really damn good, and if you get the Nationals in a in the uh, in a five game DS, there is a scenario where you face Corbin Scherzer, Strasburg, and you just throw your hands up. And it's like I don't know what to do. I would salivate at the a possibility of kind of getting to see the Dodgers front three pitching versus the Nationals front three pitching in a five game series. As someone who's going to be rooting for the Dodgers and Kershaw, I am really hopeful the Brewers or Cardinals win that uh, that that. Game. Yeah, because you really don't want to face Washington with that type of frontline pitching. But that would be so awesome because you can make an argument. You win, you score seven, eight runs, and you maybe win the entire series if it goes in three, like out of three games. Yeah, well, I mean, because I'm, I'm assuming they're going to throw Stru- or, uh, Scherzer in, in the wild card game. They, they set him up to throw on Tuesday. 
So you're going to get Strasburg versus Ryu in game one and Corbin versus Kershaw in game two, and that just feels like a split. And then you've got Scherzer versus Bueller the first game over there in, uh, in Washington. Man, that would be fun. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be fun, all right. I mean, if you're a baseball fan with no dog in the fight, like, that's... What's a better DS matchup than that out of all the other teams? Like, I, okay, so... Um, i tell you what I think could get fun. I think Houston-Oakland could get fun. Okay, I was about to go a different direction than you. So, I don't have the standings pulled up in front of me. Is Houston going to get... Is Houston going to finish with a better record than New York? Yes, they just, they've got to win one more game or New York has to lose one more game to clinch that. Okay, so I've said this a, a million different times. Uh, I say a million different times. Radio show, podcast, whatever. The Twins are the really just kind of outlier here where you don't know how they're going to screw up this equation because you feel like you're on a collision course for Astros uh, Yankees CS. But what happens for four games if, like, the Twins hit 300 home runs this year? They're the first MLB club to ever do that. I get home runs are out through the roof with, like, just in general, but that team bashes the baseball. What happens if they hit four a game for three games? Like, what just, I mean, at a certain point, if they get hitting like they've hit through stretches this year, pitching aside, there's not a whole lot you can do if they're continuously hitting the ball over the fence. That, Especially in, in Yankee Stadium. Right. Um, and so I think so, the Yankees are talented. It'll beat them. But that could really get weird. Yeah, I don't know. I think Minnesota's got starting pitching, man. That's the thing. Like, the Yankees have Sevy and Paxton. But past that, you don't trust anybody in that rotation. So, I don't know. I I don't think that's a mismatch at all. Minnesota's – no one's really talked about Minnesota either. They've kind of flown under the radar because of how good Houston and uh, – Houston and New York have been, and then I don't think that Atlanta has the the front line pitching to match up with the Dodgers. But Atlanta's really damn good too. I don't think that'd be a cakewalk CS if they got through. I think Atlanta is doing a really like. So I don't want to get too far up in a major league baseball. Atlanta's best pitcher Soroka is a lot better on the road than he is at home. They're going to hold their best pitcher for a game three and throw him on the road. And I just don't know how I feel about that. You're, you're chancing not throwing your best pitcher twice in a series. Yeah, fair enough. I'm pumped for the playoffs. It starts Tuesday. I love yeah, playoff yeah. baseball. Wild card games Tuesday and Wednesday. You may get a little uh, little division tiebreaker on Monday with the Cardinals and Brewers, uh, and then the real the real shebang starts on Thursday. This is it's also one possible of the better sports week of the year. It's also possible. I guess the the Indians losing. Did the Indians end up losing last night? Yes, they did. They are two games out. Okay. They're pretty much done. Yeah, so but if they had won last night, there was probably a somewhat strong possibility you get a game 163 for the wild card spot between them and uh, Tampa. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. And you but, had a chance of having a three-way tie, which would have been nuts. Yeah, I know. So probably not so much now. Um, so, yeah, I'll, I mean, it's a different sport. When, when the crowd's hanging on every pitch and every out and there really are no tomorrows, Baseball becomes a different sport, and they manage the game differently with pitching because you don't have the five-man rotation. You don't need to have as deep of a bullpen. It really is a different sport almost. It's the same bat and ball, but the strategy is completely different, and the atmosphere is completely different. And nobody's going to talk about this, and and I get it, because they're probably not good enough to win. Man, the Rays have done such a great job this year. I mean, that team is not overly talented, and they're going to make the playoffs. That was a 90-win team in a transition year last year that missed the playoffs. And you need to if you're gonna if you're gonna hat tip that Oakland as well, man. They just keep well, doing this. Well, my caveat there was um, Tampa Bay's not good enough to do anything. I kind of think Oakland did. 
Yeah, isn't that kind of wouldn't that kind of suck if you're Billy Bean in Oakland, where you've won 96, 97 games the last two years and haven't really sniffed a division title because of how good Houston is? I mean, you throw that in any division in the National League, maybe other than the West with the Dodgers, and you're winning that at one or two division titles minimum. Look, I'm telling you, if Oakland wins that wild card game, they're going to make Houston's life miserable for a week. I agree. I, I, I like the the only thing Billy Bean's missing is a world title, world championship. Yep. To kind yep. of validate all of that. So, anyway. He's never had a team play for one, I don't believe. No, he hasn't. Um, so, anyway, I don't know. We'll get more into that next week as playoff baseball gets around. I'm pretty jacked up about it. Uh, what's your favorite number? 96. Seven. Where would y'all rank Joe Burrow in next year's draft among quarterbacks with how he's performed so far? Okay, first round. Yeah, two, but I think he's a first-round pick because of the demand and obsession with drafting quarterbacks early now. I was five years ago. I'm not sure if he's a first-round pick. He still may be. I don't know. I'm not a like, I'm not a film junkie in that sense. But I think Burrow's taking a step throwing the ball down the field from last year to this year. But just like I would say, he's a I would say he's a first-round pick for sure to where he's probably borderline in years in like a half decade ago. Yeah. I don't know if two, maybe three. Justin Herbert's probably still rated higher. Uh, so I'll go three. But I completely agree. I mean, he a couple of years ago, maybe he's a second or third round guy. But everybody needs a quarterback nowadays. I listened on the way home. We did a radio show in Boonville yesterday. And on the way home, I listened to a Ryan Russillo podcast with Todd McShay. And it was absolutely fascinating listening to them talk about quarterbacks because Russillo is basically just obsessed with quarterbacks in the NFL because it's been harder than it's harder than ever to tell who's competent, who's good, and who's not. I mean, think about it. In year nine, ten, we're still talking about what Cam Newton is. We're talking about what Matt Ryan is. You're still trying to kind of figure out, uh, you know. I mean, name the quarterback. I mean, there's there's five, six quarterbacks in the league where you know exactly what they are and how good they are. And after that, there's still debate almost on a weekly basis. And McShay, being a draft guy, kind of echoed in and kind of molded the point towards, like, the reason that this is happening is because there's no longer a prototype. It used to be under six foot, nope, you can't do it. It used to be, you know, X hand size, whatever it is, no, you can't do it. Now, with the way offense is played and the way the rules change, how it favors quarterbacks, it's a, it, there is no there is no prototypical quarterback anymore. Really, it just doesn't exist. You want yeah, guys no, that can get the football out quickly. You want guys that can make sound decisions. But there's no prototypical quarterback, and so it's become the it's become as higher risk, high reward game drafting quarterbacks as there's ever been because you just don't know. That's why the Daniel Jones thing, and like I'm not saying Daniel Jones is good because he beat Tampa in his first start, but he got just absolutely crapped upon. The Giants did, and it's like drafting a quarterback's always high risk, high reward, and it's more now than it's ever been. Yeah, I mean, I mean the the league is different. That it's hard to find 32 guys that can play the position and play it well. So uh, it's not an exact science, but as far as Burrow goes, I think he's definitely played his way into the first round. It's fascinating. I mean, we're still talking about Matt Ryan. Is he that good? I don't know. Was it a? Is it? Was it a? An, an, I don't want to say anomaly, mirage, whatever. Under Shanahan, those two years, I don't know. I wish he'd quit turning that thing over. Yeah, and then it, they had a horrible year last year, but he put up ridiculous numbers. It's just fascinating to me, and I never really realized it until I was listening to this yesterday. There really are guys seven, eight years into the NFL where you're still like, I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah, especially the uh, the one up there in Carolina. 
Yeah, and like some of that's injury, but you could. There's also a pretty strong argument to be made that that year he went MVP and they went to the Super Bowl was somewhat fluky. But at the same time, his career it, it was worth drafting him. He's been a franchise quarterback for nearly a decade. That's a win. That's not a loss. So, oh yeah, I mean, no, nobody's questioning taking him number one overall to be sure. No, yeah, for sure. It, I don't know. It's just it, it, listening to that made me even more interested than ever because it's like. Washington, as badly run of an organization as they are, kind of looked at Kirk Cousins and was like, here's $20 million for one year so we don't have to extend you. Did it twice. Then Minnesota gives him a bunch of money, and like half the time against bad teams, they're like, oh, yeah, this guy's good. And then he plays the defense with the pulse, and it's like, this guy can't throw. <laughs> and Kirk Cousins has been in the league, what, nine, eight, eight years now, seven years? Something like that, yeah. I don't know. That's enough quarterback talk. That fascinates me. Right now, do you think that Ole Miss makes a bowl game? No, absolutely not. I would say it's a long shot. Yeah, if you're making me put a percentage on it, uh, 10%? I would say 15. So, we're a case where I'm more optimistic than you. But, yeah, sure, 15? I mean, we're, we're, yeah. we're um, splitting hairs I mean, I there. I don't see the path. Unless, you know, you play some teams to get really beat up and injured, I don't, I don't know how. Um, let's see, let's see. Yeah, so, I, I was... <laughs> I was laughing the other night. I was laying in bed reading something, and I opened up Twitter. And Richard, who never tweets, Richard tweets like once every five days, if that. Like maybe sometimes he'll go weeks without tweeting. Responded to an SI bowl projection and said, not to be rude, but this is the worst projection I've ever seen. Jesus, Rich. Oh, yeah. And I was like, ah, Richard's triggered online. So I was about to make fun of him. And then I opened the bowl projection. And he has every single right to say that. It was the worst bowl projection I've ever seen. Have you seen this? No, I haven't. Who was it? Oh, okay. Sports Illustrated. Okay. All right. Get ready for this. All right. Let me pull this up. This is the – whoever de- whoever make this deserves – Richard Richard said – Richard said – here's the exact tweet. My apologies for being rude, but this is one of the dumbest bowl projection columns in the history of the world – Jesus. You ready? Yeah, I mean, I need to hear this. I'm just, I'm not going to go through all of them. Uh, but I'm going to go through the SEC ones. Okay. They had Arkansas versus Pitt in the Independence Bowl a week after Arkansas lost to San Jose State. Okay, yeah, they're going to figure it out. Nick Stark was going to be good, and then Chad Morris is going to start doing stop doing dumb shit. They have Baylor and Houston and Ole Miss in the Texas Bowl in the same wait, stadium. Wait, hold on, hold on. That, that, they're starting next year yeah. at the Texas Bowl. That's what that's about. Please forgive that, man. No, you beat the beat me to the punch. No, he has the Texas Bowl at ESPN at 645 on December 27th, Baylor versus Ole Miss. That's his prediction. He just got the date wrong. I don't think he did. For those of you that don't know, Ole Miss plays Baylor next year in Houston to open the year. As, you know, as ridiculous as it is to put Ole Miss in a bowl game right now, um... To have them against the team they start the year next with in the same stadium. In the just, same stadium. It is increasingly funny. Uh, South Carolina Duke Music City. Good God. It gets worse. How? He has no missing a bowl. Michigan versus Mississippi State in the Outback Bowl. Yeah, that, that was like possible, I guess. Oh, no, it gets worse. He's got Tennessee in the Birmingham Bowl. Oh, dear God. <laughs> How do you... There's no. This has to be a misprint, right? This has to be a mistake. Sure. Like maybe they like this was preseason and they like just you know sent it out again by accident. 
if you want another Mississippi flavor egregious, he left Southern Miss out. So Southern, Miss, Miss Southern Miss is going Miss to make a bowl game. Tennessee so, is going to make a bowl game, and Southern Miss is not. And you left out Arkansas. Arkansas is apparently going bowling. Oh, Arkansas is going bowling. All right, is there anything – all right, here, here's a good question. Is there anything more sure in your life than Arkansas is not going to make a bowl game? Honestly, I would have – I would have I would have not laughed you off the stage if you'd have made this argument on last week's show, but then you lose to a San Jose State team that's widely regarded as one of the worst jobs in major college football who went 1-11 last year. Yeah. I mean, how do you watch that and then put them in a bowl? Like, this has to be a misprint, right? How did Arkansas athletic director watch that and not fire Chad Morris after the game? How does Chad Morris not fire somebody just purely as a human sacrifice? Oh, rest in peace, Sean Tui. Would Alabama win with 10 players on the field? Yeah. Give a score prediction if that were the case, 31-17 Alabama? Yeah. Okay, so there's a little bit. Do they get to game plan all week for playing 10 points? Sure. Okay, then I don't think it's close. I think they win by four touchdowns. Where has Vernon Dasher been? I know he's been on kickoff return. Is he red shirting? I don't know. I'll ask around. I've gotten that question a couple times. I think he's just buried on the depth chart. He was the yeah. I haven't. I didn't notice. I, that's a good question. I hadn't noticed that he's not playing much, but he's not playing much. Well, he was the star guy in that four-two-five last year, kind of the hybrid safety type guy that would had some run-stopping responsibilities. There's not really a position like that on this defense. You know, he wasn't always the most disciplined player in terms of playing within the con- construct of a scheme. So I think he's just got. I don't think there's anything like I don't think there's anything there that I know of beyond just he's not. He's kind of buried on the depth chart. Where is the old Miss Dixie Chopper? I don't know what that means. Wait, what was that? Where is the old Miss Dixie Chopper? I ain't got a clue. I don't know what that means. Do you guys watch rugby? The World Cup is on. Rugby is fascinating to watch for five minutes, but the problem is I don't know the rules, and so after that I'm like, I don't understand who scored and who didn't. Yeah, that's, that's, that's essentially me. I don't think I've ever watched it, though. As an objective old Miss guy, how do you have no having? Uh, I'm not going down that road. Um, <laughs> I yeah, I. It was a Homer allegiances versus objectiveness question with regards to the radio show. I'm just not not doing that today. That that seems like one you probably don't want to delve into. I, I'm not going into that today. Um, <laughs> the question is appreciated though. <laughs> um. What is the best cure pre- prevention for the yips you have heard of? Well, like, what kind of yips are we talking? Yeah, are we talking like Gert Holston yips? I don't know. I had a buddy that played baseball for Mike that got the yips and couldn't throw the ball back to the pitcher. He would kill me if I told him you uh, said his name. But, like, what kind of yips is that? I don't know. He was a catcher. Are we talking about yips on the golf course where you can't take the club back? I don't know. Do what, here's, my question, here's my response to the yips. Do whatever you're doing naked because you'll no longer think about the yips. That's a good point. Wow. Wow. Maybe you should be a psychologist. Uh, I am a doctor. But, so, yeah. So, yips. Do whatever whatever you're doing. If you have the yips in anything, um, do it naked. And if you're already naked and you still have the yips as to what you were doing, I don't really want to know what you were doing. Is that fair? Yeah, no, that's a good thought process to me. If Ole Miss were to win Saturday, would the universe end? 
Uh, yeah, yeah, because Jesus is coming back. I would start looking around me to see if the sky was parting and such, if that were to happen. I'll put it that way. Yeah, I'm going I'm to check, make sure Jesus either, A, isn't sitting by you in the press box, or B, playing quarterback for Ole Miss. Yeah, Barrett Salee said he was not picking Ole Miss to beat Alabama yeah, this, this year. That, that Ole Miss is losing that. Yeah, because that prediction last year, you know, was a lot more nuanced than it was this year somehow. <laughs> With a three-win season on the table, what do you those, what do you tell those kids to keep in the locker room to keep them playing? I mean, there's not a whole lot you can tell them at this point. The way the schedule sets up, they are fortunate that there are, after this Alabama game, there are four or five games. Like, there's really not any other game other than LSU where you're going in. I would say maybe Auburn. At, at Auburn, but other than yeah, that, there's really not a game where it's just completely infeasible where these kids like there's not necessarily another game like this week other than maybe LSU where you're going in the kids whether they want to say it or not probably know it they like they, there's no like you're not talking about the scoreboard on Tuesday in preparation type of deal there's at least a conceivable way they would win the football game so that'll keep them invested for a while look Matt Luke for all of his flaws look at 2017 those kids never quit on him he has a way to get players to play as hard as they can for as long as they can and keep them interested so I don't think that's necessarily a worry it's just I, the the results aren't going to show it I'm afraid for them uh, yeah, I'm completely with you. After this week in Sands LSU, you can win every football game on the schedule if you play well and they don't. So that, that's probably what keeps them going. It's not a situation where you're probably going to be uncompetitive in every game. So that's probably just what it is. They, they keep playing simply because I think that in, if they play well uh, after this week in every game and the other team does not play well, Sands LSU, I think they can win the football game. What would a three-way game of football look like? How would you even pull that off? I feel sorry for whatever announcing crew has to call it. That would be kind of wild. There's like an offense and a defense, and then like maybe a team with weapons. I don't know. That that, that sounds is this, like is this like twenty one? Like how does this work? Does two teams play defense? I don't know. I'm not. I haven't had enough coffee or caffeine for that. And <laughs> I imagine he might have had something else when coming up with that question. Um. At what point does Ole Miss stop trying to be a football school and focus solely on baseball uh, when baseball brings in million dollars of TV revenue? Yeah, I don't think Ole Miss can support baseball. As, as a huge baseball person and college baseball person, I don't think Ole Miss can support baseball anymore and make it make economical sense. Like, I, I don't... I don't see how that would make sense to pour more support into baseball. There's there's, there's not much more support to pour. You've got facilities. Yeah. You've got the stadium. They just redid the locker room and all that. There's really not a whole lot you can do about the scholarship thing. You're paying your, you're paying your coach more than six MLB managers or whatever. There's really not much more to support. And I don't say that as like an indictment. But, like, I don't think people, the casual fan understands, like, football, even if you go 0-12, football's paying your bills. And so it would be unwise to do anything else. If you want to make an argument, do you scale back and go towards basketball because of what Kermit's doing? One, that's not realistic and that's never going to happen, I don't think. But that would be more realistic than saying when are they going to pour it into baseball because that just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I mean... Baseball operates at a deficit. Like, Well, it operates at a deficit if you don't host a regional. I think they actually made a little money this year because they hosted. But either way, um, either way, Ole Miss is one of the few programs in the country where that's even a close argument as to whether baseball wins or uh, brings in or loses money. And I don't say that as a bad thing. That's not necessarily the purpose of college sports. But, like, it's not enough to move the needle anyway. Yeah. No, I mean, you, well, it would be different, too, if they weren't supporting baseball at a full, uh, you know, full on. But... Whatever Mike Bianco needs, he pretty much gets. 
Let's see. Does Mississippi State recruit their players from... Oh, okay. That's a picture of Garrett Schrader. I'm not necessarily into making fun of how dudes look. If he likes the beard, have at him as a guy who cannot grow a beard and has grown the same beard since 1995. I'm not hating on the kid's beard. If you can grow it, have at it, dude. I think it yeah, looks that, awesome. Yeah, that was a pretty impressive beard for an 18-year-old. Yeah, and it's like a nice neck beard, too. Yeah, yeah. I was, that was pretty impressive. i got to give him that. How do you fix college football? And what I mean by that is how to change the structure of college football where more teams are in the hunt every year for a national title. Not really a feasible fix, man. The rich are always going to be rich. The poor is always going to be poor. Yep, there's there's no fixing it. I mean, if you put a, if you put a full-on, you turn it into full-on professional sports with a salary cap and stuff, I suppose that would be different. But other Yeah, than I that, mean, if you want to start having a draft and stuff, sure. That's the thing. People are like, all up in arms about pay the kids, pay them salaries, do whatever. No, really, the most realistic model is to, one, let them make money off their name, image, and likeness, and, two, let agents pay them because that's kind of already what's happening, and it's just it's, it's a booster guy, and yet you know, people are saying, like, well, the booster's just going to pay the agent or pay the kids. Like, yeah, well, what do you think's happening right now? But my point well, being, that's a whole different conversation. There's not a feasible model to restructure the sport where it's – it, it, it resembles any form of balance. That's just not the nature of the sport. I don't know if you saw the uh, NCAA is not going to let California schools compete if they can make money off their likeness. I think that that's, you, I don't think, I, I'm calling their bluff. <laughs> you don't think they're going to cut USC football? No, I don't think they're going to cut USC football. I don't think they're going to cut UCLA basketball. I don't think they're going to cut UCLA football or basketball. I think they're full of it. Yep. I would just dare them. Like, do it. Do it if you're bad. When is fall supposed to start? That's a fair question, man. It's hot as hell. It's like October. We've had an unseasonably hot, though, because we had like a mild July. We're now paying for it with an unseasonably hot September. I was talking about this with Steve Gent, the guy who runs the Sanderson Farms tournament. And we were talking about what an unseasonably hot, like, like, because we were talking about, like, would you prefer to have it back in October, which it is going back to next year. It was up this year because the President's Cup is in December. And he was like, yeah, we'd probably prefer it in October, but at the same time, normally this time of year is fine. It's not as hot as it is. We've had an unseasonably hot year. And I was like, yeah, I tend to agree. It's been unseasonably hot. So when does fall supposed to start? Hopefully tomorrow? Yeah. Yeah, if it's still 90 degrees in October, I want somebody arrested. Okay, so I, this next question I thought about a lot, and like I'm going to have a crazy take here, but I think I'm allowed to, because one, there are no rules on this podcast, and two, there are no rules on this podcast. With Matt Luke's seat officially on fire, but no hypothetical, ah, uh, this isn't the question, never mind. I, I, false alarm, hold that thought. Uh, with Matt Luke's seat officially on the fire, but no hypothetical fi- fire department to put it out what does he have to do this season the off, the off season and next season to restore faith look man he's just going to ride into the 2020 season and under immense pressure regardless of what happens this year i guess if he writes a ship and gets to a bowl game this year which obviously none not many people see happening i don't see it happening then maybe that changes things but there's really not a world where he doesn't go into 2020 with a new ad and a new chancellor under immense pressure you got to yep. win big, big, big in 2020. That's pretty much the answer, the short answer. Yep. I mean, I don't think it would hurt the man to win four games this year instead of three uh, to, to, you know, get 2020. I would agree. Um, let's see. Did I miss a question? Because I had a question. There was somebody asked me a question about Ole Miss beating Alabama last night. Which I know. Oh, I got it. 
Here we go. Okay. Uh, if Alabama wins, you get eighty dollars. No, 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 that's not it. That's not it. That's not it. Oh, okay. Someone wants to know what the percentage chance that uh, Hugh Freeze coaches at Ole Miss again? Oh, oh, come on. Zero. Well, no, no, no. Uh, he's going to open up as the Liberty coach. He will be in Oxford uh, in two years. So, uh, 100%. But other than that, zero. Did somebody delete these tweets? Like, somebody had a question about if Matt Luke, like, what did Matt Luke get it? Would he get an automatic three years if he beat Alabama? Did you remember seeing this question at all? I, I did not. I swear I didn't dream this. <laughs> I swear I'm not crazy. I I don't know, man. Maybe it was my. I, maybe somebody. I swear somebody deleted. It. I swear I'm not insane. So basically, I think the question was: If Matt Luke beats Alabama, does he get automatic three years of job security? Uh, no, no. I actually said no too, and here's why. I thought about this way longer than I should have. I'm going to preface this with one. There is no part of my brain that thinks Ole Miss has a remote chance of staying on the field with Alabama or the game being remotely close. I mean, you look at the you look at the rosters, you look at the talents, you look at the coaching staff. It's about as imbalanced as you're going to find in a conference game in the in, in the country. I mean, there's only a handful. If Rutgers plays Ohio State, if Oregon State plays whoever the best team in the Pac-12 is, like there's just not many games that are as imbalanced as this. So, with that being said, allow me to present an argument. Let's just say. Lightning strikes, aliens come down on the field, Ole Miss beats Alabama on Saturday. Again, no part of me believes this, but I'm allowed to be ridiculous on this podcast because there are no rules. Let's just say that happened, okay? Say Matt Luke beats him, you know, know, John Rice Pumley throws for 800 yards, whatever happens. Say they win the game, okay? So they win. Uh Uh-huh. And whatever happens the rest of the year... If Ole Miss kind of plays the rest of the year like they're normal, like you would think that the rest of the year would play out, Hugh Freeze beat Alabama twice, and there were people calling for his head after he lost to Memphis. So, how did there's no to me there? I, I, for whatever reason, I found this question oddly fascinating. He could beat Matt Luke could beat Alabama on Saturday and still not have three years of job security because no, Hugh Freeze would have been fired in 2017, and that was three years after. Uh, and that was two, he had got he beat Alabama in 15. He would have gotten 16 and 17, and he would have been fired in 2017. Yeah, so, like, I, I I don't know. I found that fascinating. I was like, man, this guy could go in here, pull off an upset that would literally just be, like, almost statistically impossible, like mathematically impossible. I don't know. None of those phrases make any sense. You get what I'm saying. There's no chance of an upset, but if that were happening, I still don't think it would bother man three years of job security, which is insane. No, I don't think it'd buy him, I don't think it'd buy him 2021. Oh, I, I think that might buy him 2021. Mm-hmm. I mean, if they know, beat Alabama and then went to a bowl game, I think that'd buy him twenty. Well, okay, if he goes to a bowl game, sure, it probably gets him twenty twenty one. But I mean, in this scenario, they beat Alabama and they're still looking for another win that I'm not sure they're going to get. I know. So, if you want to cut part of that out out of context, just say Ole Miss beat reporter calls upset over Alabama. I saw AL.com wrote that uh, five five things Alabama will struggle with on Saturday. Oh, I'd love to know that. Was it like gate one? <laughs> What, what, what was that? The heat? I didn't read it. I just, five challenges Alabama will face with Ole Miss. I'm like, what? It's a damn fine piece of journalism. Um, Getting on the bus. Miller Light or Bud Light? 
I like but, Miller Lite. I can't stand Bud Light. I drink Coors. Really? Yeah, I drink Coors Light mostly. I'll drink pretty much anything on earth over Bud Light. I don't like the taste of it. I don't really know why, but that's really the last beer I drink. I don't mind Miller Lite. I think it's okay. Definitely over Bud Light. For whatever that's reason. A little, that's a little weird, Rip. I'm not going to lie. So I've had this theory for a long time. I found people that drink Coors and Miller and vice versa would pick the other one over Bud Light, and people who drink Bud Light would pick, like, Michelob Ultra or whatever. I don't know. I don't think there's any science behind that, but I found that to be a pattern. That's what either... You should, you should write a uh, theory on that. Yeah. So, I don't know. Definitely Miller Lite. What is the percentage chance that Hugh Freeze coaches at Ole Miss again? 0.01, because I don't like putting zero anything. But, dude, not happening. He torpedoed your program into the ground. I don't know why anybody yeah. would want that. Freeze gets a lot of credit for a lot of stuff somebody else did. Because... Uh, Look, I don't mean to berate the man, but he got all these recruits here because Ole Miss Dooster started playing a game a little bit heavier than they usually had, and he tried to screw it up. Um, I think Matt Luke wins at the level that Hugh Freeze did with those type players. Now, if you want to argue that Matt He Luke deserves credit those, for getting those kids in there, though. Freeze is a good recruiter. He's fine. I don't really think he's that awesome of a recruiter. He got a four-star kid to Liberty. Yeah, that's – I mean, okay – uh, that built, that was a hometown kid. I mean, Ed Oliver is a five star that went to Houston when Houston wasn't Houston. I got I mean, that it. That kind of stuff happens. I, I don't think he's this recruiting guru. I think he's a good recruiter. I don't think he's a great football coach. Um, devastating loss for your boy Sung Jay. Thoughts on the Sanderson Farms? What would improve it besides having Coors Light? <laughs> um, yeah, that was. I talked about this a little bit. I can't remember if it was Monday or Wednesday. I don't know. Sanderson Farms is awesome. That thing's going to continue to grow and get bigger. Um, standalone event. I don't know how much they can improve it. I mean, they're going to move it back a couple weeks next year because you got a Ryder Cup year and all that. So the weather will be a little cooler. But they're doing everything they can to make that event grow and bigger. I hate that for my guy Sung Jay because I couldn't take credit for helping him to his first PJ Tour win by shanking a couple shots in a Web Tour pro am, but. Yeah, it was a good event, and it's continuing to grow. That event when Sanderson took it over in whatever year it was, 15, 16, was kind of floundering and on the verge of not being a thing anymore. And they've really made that stable 10-year commitment. They're doing a good job, and there's a reason they continue to get bigger names and get a bigger field. They're doing a hell of a job with it. Um, if Alabama wins, you get $80. If Ole Miss wins, you get two years in jail. Would you take the bet? Sure, I need 80 bucks. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'd take it, yeah. I mean, that, come on, man. There's There would be a better chance of, like, there'd be a better chance of me finding a way to, like, go to jail on the ride over there, driving my car or something, than that happening. <laughs> yeah, you're just hitting somebody by texting or something, yeah. Yeah, like, come on. I'm taking that. I need $80. In what world is this even going to be remotely close by the first quarter? You know you're not going to end up in a jumpsuit. <laughs> what happens when it's 24 to 21 in the fourth quarter? I guess I'm going to start learning how to make a shank, but I still wouldn't feel too bad about it. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think we'd do well in, in jail, Rip. No, I don't think we would either. Um, I'd have to start reading books on how to assert dominance and stuff in jail. <laughs> you better just read the books and keep it to that. Find a squad. You know, find a squad. I don't know. Bring something to the table. Maybe I could be the smuggle stuff into the jail guy. I don't know. I'm not really going down too far down this rabbit hole. I guess I would take the bet. I don't. I, I, I would, and I would not feel too bad about it, even with two years in jail, technically, quote unquote, on the line. Wait, I, I'm interested in what you like. If you go to jail, what what do you tell the other inmates you're in for? Ooh, 
Um. You gotta go murder, right? No. I don't know. Kidnapping the governor. Something like really <laughs> hardcore to where they're it's like. like they know they don't watch TV. Yeah, it's true. Like they, something very hardcore to they're like, oh, we're not screwing with this guy. <laughs> I don't know. I hadn't really gotten that far, thankfully. Um, is Shea Patterson getting benched the biggest Ole Miss win of the year? I I don't know. I don't think Shea Patterson's the world-beating quarterback in, like, Game Changer that he was ranked in the recruiting cycle. I also – I know people get upset with him leaving Ole Miss. I don't really blame the kid leaving Ole Miss. you got hundreds of transfers uh, every year. I mean, he was a sinking ship. Look at where the program is now. It's the kid, how he went out, though. Like, nobody's holding this against Van Jefferson. I guess, but Van Jefferson also didn't play quarterback. I mean, okay, but – Van Jefferson didn't try to take three, you know, starters with him to Michigan either and get mad that they wouldn't announce him the starting quarterback and then leave. I don't know, man. I get all that. All that can be true. He didn't want to compete for the starting job, whatever, all that stuff. I get it. I don't necessarily – I mean, I think the kid should be able to do what he wants. If he handles it poorly, he's a 19-year-old kid, like – Breaking news, kids handle things terribly. So my friend needs to log his brother out of Instagram. Yeah, I saw that ran over the weekend. I just, at this point, did we talk about this? Yeah, I read it on the show, Rip. Wow, nice memory. Yeah, no, no, I remember. I can't remember if that was the radio show or not, because I think I, I think I kind of crapped on it on both. But yeah, yeah we, 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 read, I just, we read it. I, I don't, I don't, I just don't... I get you're trying to be supportive of your sibling, but at what point can you literally, with a straight face, be like, he's going to be awesome in the NFL at this point? Like, what? he's going to be a G. Yeah, I, uh, I just, I, what, what is, what is telling you that? I just, I, I, I don't know. That's, a, that's about all I'm going to say on that. Um, I think. Are we, are we on the picks, or are we still have some more questions? No, I think that was the end of the questions. Let me check my DMs to make sure. Uh, somebody just sent me, or somebody sent me last night. I don't have anything to mailbag. I just want to say, even though Ole Miss is bad, I'm making a yearly trip to a game from Wisconsin next weekend against Vanderbilt. Ain't losing this fan. Good for you, buddy. <laughs> let's see, let's see, let's see. Yeah, I think that's all the questions. So let's go to the picks. Okay. Uh, do you want to do college, and I'll pull up NFL again? Sure. Let me get the SEC up. All right, you ready? Yeah, just give me 10-ish college games. Whatever games are good, you know the drill. Okay, uh, Ole Miss Alabama, Alabama minus 38. Alabama. All right, we'll do the SEC, and then I'll go uh, I'll go see if there's any other decent college games. I don't think there is. Uh, Vanderbilt minus 6.5 versus Northern Illinois. Vanderbilt for James Mason's sake, he better hope he wins that. Yeah, I'm gonna go uh, Vanderbilt. I just and said Alabama. No, I'm gonna go Vanderbilt. Ole Miss. Damn it! I, I did this yesterday too. I said James Franklin on the radio show, and today I just said James Mason, Derek Mason. I went. I don't understand why. I, this has been a two day thing. I don't understand why I keep doing this. Derek Mason. Yeah, you just get you just get Franklin and him confused. I don't know. No, I mean for two years I just haven't had a problem. I did this yesterday, and Richard was like James Franklin. And I was like, oh, Derek Mason. And then today I just said James Mason. I, I don't understand. Arkansas plus 23 against Texas A&M. I'll go Arkansas. I am too. Against all logic, I'm going Arkansas. We're not doing Towson, Florida. Uh, Auburn minus 10 against Mississippi State. Ooh, that's a lot of points. I will go... 
Ugh. Auburn, but I don't feel good about it. Yeah, I'm going to go Auburn. Um, South Carolina minus three versus Kentucky. Uh, Kentucky's quarterback, backup quarterback who appears not to be healthy. I'll go South Carolina. Yeah, I'm going to go South Carolina too. All right, let's see if there's any other uh, uh, football games to talk about. Let's see. I'm scrolling. Uh, all right, let's do this one. Oklahoma minus 27 against Texas Tech. Oklahoma. Yep, same. Um, Clemson minus 27 against North Carolina. Clemson. Longo's offense. I've seen that movie too many times against good defenses. All right, we, we're agreeing a lot. Here we go. Here's our ranked matchup. Washington minus 10.5 versus USC. USC, actually. All right, I'm going to take Washington. USC just keeps finding ways to win games with their fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth string quarterbacks. I know they had the BYU loss, but that's a good win against Washington I and mean, against Utah. Yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, the BYU loss is weird. Let's see. Notre Dame minus twelve and a half versus Virginia. Virginia. I think that's too many points. I think Virginia Bronco Mendenhall's got a pretty good team. I think Notre Dame. Notre Dame. I, I, I stumped in the. I did the whole moral victory thing for them last week. I was actually more impressed with them than I was going in the game. But I think that took a big physical toll on them, Virginia. Yeah, I'm gonna take Notre Dame. Uh, Kansas State plus four at Oklahoma State. I want to take Kansas State, but last week Oklahoma State looked competent against Texas, even though Texas didn't play well. So I'll go Oklahoma State at home. But Kansas State's pretty good. Let's see. Uh, Utah minus six versus Washington State. Oh, ooh. No, I don't know. I I can't in good conscience take Washington State after what they did to the game of football last week. And yeah, then, I'm taking Utah. But Utah's running backs out. They're very one-dimensional. I'll still go Utah. All right. You got the NFL pulled up? Yeah, one second. I clicked out of it by accident. Hold on. I got it. Here we go. Oh, here we go. Uh, I got it. But Yeah. Los Angeles minus uh, – the Rams minus nine and a half at home versus Tampa Bay. Uh, Rams. Yeah, Rams. Uh, Baltimore minus seven at home versus Cleveland. Ooh. I'm taking Cleveland. I think this is where the either the wheels come off or the Browns right the ship. I'm going to lean towards the wheels come off because Lamar Jackson, uh, Ravens. Uh, all right. Houston minus four at home versus Carolina. Uh, Houston, though, Kyle Allen looked very good against uh, against Arizona last week, like surprisingly good to where there's kind of rumblings about what Cam's future is there. I will still go Houston, though, better football team across the board. Kansas City minus six and a half at Detroit. Uh, Kansas City. Okay. Uh, yeah, Are you picking okay. these? Well, no, I'll tell you what. I'm going to take Detroit. I'm going to take Detroit. Uh, New England minus seven at Buffalo. I'll go Buffalo. I think Same. this is a close Same. game. I think this is a huge game. I think New England always finds a way to win these games because they own this division with the back of their hand, but I'd say it's a field goal game. Indy minus seven at home versus Oakland. I went Oakland last week thinking it was too many points against uh, against Minnesota. It was like plus nine, and Oakland just laid an egg. So maybe Oakland is really not that improved, even though they have a little more talent on the defensive side of the football. Indy. Indy's looks really good. I'm going to take Oakland, uh, but I'm going to hate doing it. Indy's 2-1 and one with the last second loss at L.A. to open the year. Yeah, they're not bad. No, Brissett's okay. And he's yeah, another he's one fine. where you're like, what are you? what is this quarterback thing? Oh, here's you here's a game. 
the Chargers minus 15 and a half at Miami. I don't know how you take Miami. Chargers. Well, I'm going to. I'm going to take Miami because I don't. the Chargers are beat to hell. Okay. Uh, Atlanta minus four versus Tennessee at home. This is a game the Titans always lose. This is a game the Falcons always lose. Uh, Atlanta. So Atlanta. Yeah, I think I lean Atlanta too. Washington minus three at home versus or New York minus three at home versus Washington. Which New York? Oh, Giants. Yes. Daniel Jones mania. Keep it rolling. Yeah, sure. Why not? Uh, Seattle minus five at Arizona. You're going to Seahawks. Arizona actually at home. Uh, Kyler uh, Murray's looked good in spots, not so good in spots. Arizona's not a good team. They're an interesting watch. I think that's too many points on the road for Seattle. Chicago minus two at home versus Minnesota. I keep I can't keep saying Kirk Cousins against good defenses, but I'm going to do it one more time because I still don't believe in Trubisky, and if, if it's kind of put up for shut up or shut up time for Cousins against a competent defense, I get this is probably just who he is, but one more time, old friend, Minnesota. Let's try it. Denver minus three at home versus Jacksonville. Minshew mania. Denver's not yeah, that I'm good. Defense is yeah, good. Go they can't Jackson. score. Go Jacksonville. I'm taking, I'm, I'm taking the Bears uh, in the previous game. All right, here's an interesting one. Dallas minus two and a half in the Superdome. I'm taking New Orleans. Same. I'm New Orleans, too. I think they win the game outright. Uh, and then Pittsburgh minus three and a half at home at Cincinnati. What a disgusting game. I don't know. Cincinnati, just because they have a starting quarterback, they suck everywhere else. Cincinnati? Sure. Yeah, why not? Let's take the Bengals. Do so, you have any locks of the week? No, I do not. Do you? We should we should find some more sponsorship for our locks of the week. Yeah. I don't know. It'd probably be a you know, one of those payday loans companies. Yeah, I know. So I should have actually mentioned that before. I'm still getting the hang of this. That Pick'em, Friday Pick'em was brought to you by LBs. I should have mentioned that beforehand. Wow, Rip. I know. I'm still getting the hang of this thing. i got to stop myself and go it. But again, go see Greg at LBs. He's got seafood. I mean, you've got steaks. Like I said, if you want kind of a custom cut thing, he'll get you into that. The jalapeno poppers and mushrooms are dank. Whatever you go in there and you get Whatever you're getting, be sure to add those. Those are always a nice side. He will get you set up across University Avenue, uh, excuse me, on University Avenue across from Kroger. I am slowly learning how to grill stuff, and I might, my girlfriend thinks I'm an idiot, but if I can diversify and be like, hey, let's cook some seafood, she might be shockingly impressed with me. So I might get Greg to help me out with some seafood stuff. I don't really know. Did you like have to go buy a grill, or did you already have one? No, we've got one, and like I've used other people's grills in the past and such. Like if we're at different places, and I can grill okay, but she generally thinks that I can't even open a pizza and put like a frozen pizza in the oven. So if Greg shows me some nice fish recipes or whatever, and I show up and I grill a fish, I'm gonna look like a whole new man. That's a good point. So, so you were the kid that uh, pretty much ate out every meal during college. Oh, right? absolutely. I couldn't cook anything. I'm learning how to grill. I'm hoping Greg might help me out with some seafood stuff because I think I think my girlfriend would try to drug test me maybe if I walked up and was like, hey, I got some fish to cook us. But I'm going to learn. I'm going to surprise people. I'm not going to be a slouch. But go see Greg. Like I said, University Avenue across from Kroger. Steaks, sausage, Whatever you want, he's got it. It is awesome. I love LBs. You should, too. What else do we got in closing? Uh, nothing. Uh, Ole Miss is not going to win on Saturday. That's my that's my lock of the week. Ole Miss is not going to win on Saturday. Okay, that is your lock of the week. I like it. Um, 
Oh, I Alabama is a third. The money line is minus thirty thousand. Take that one. Really? I would imagine most places don't even offer that. No, you would have to go to like some offshore accounts and stuff to find that. Yeah, I figured. Um, I would say one last thing. Yesterday. Marty Brenneman retired. He's the long. Yeah, that was cool. Did you watch that? Yeah, so he was the longtime Reds radio announcer. Uh, if you want to connect the gaps in kind of how long Marty connects history, Marty replaced Al Michaels on the Reds radio network on uh, in 1974. Okay, and here's here's the one that got me. His first game, Hank Aaron tied yep. the uh, tied Babe Ruth. Yep, seven fourteen. It was awesome. Marty has seen a lot of baseball. I mean, Marty's first two years were the Big Red Machine, 75-76. Saw the World Series in 1990. I'm not going to pretend like I know Marty Brenneman because I don't. Like, if I introduced myself today, like, I would have to very heavily remind him, hey, I was Mark's intern last year. He probably still wouldn't remember what to pretend. <laughs> but with that being said, in the very little time I spent around him up there, he was not, like, dismissive. He was kind of friendly. He was very funny and very entertaining to be around. Um, really nice guy, and like nobody really had to be up there. I was just some dumbass kid at twenty three, but like he was nice, talked to me, was always respectful. Like never really just kind of like you know get out of my way, kid type of deal. He was a nice guy. I really enjoyed Marty for the short time I was around him. Baseball legend in a world where you you know radios kind of viewed differently back then. One of the things I noticed from all the tributes to Marty. Is like the generation, like we are so grew up so differently. There's a lot of people who went to bed every single night listening to Marty Brenneman with a radio next to him, which is kind of unfathomable right, yeah. now. But like that's how people got their games. Like he was literally describing stuff for them. And it's amazing when people, someone's describing something you can't see the deeper connection that kind of manifests. Yeah, I have the MLB app, and I'll catch myself. I enjoy listening to baseball games on the radio somewhat more than watching. It's therapeutic for sure. Yeah, I'll catch myself instead of clicking the the video to watch, just listening to games on the radio. Therapeutic's probably the wrong word. It's soothing. Yeah, no, I agree. Baseball's still a sport that's very conducive to radio. Marty's a legend. Um, <laughs> he's. He, I was trying to explain to Richard like kind of how Marty is in terms of like. So we looked up his. I think his Wikipedia said he's known for his abrasive and also often like harsh take style. Basically, it was and like Marty will basically like tell you how it is. Even like his famous line for players when he was kind of fed up with them was that I was here when you got here and I'll be here long after you're gone. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, he was. Uh, he would let you. Marty had he had blunt honesty, which I don't think you get from announcers anymore for a number of reasons. I'm not saying announcers today are soft. It's just a different environment we live in. Like, Marty would call out players all the time. He and Adam Dunn had beef for the entire time Adam Dunn played in Cincinnati. Wait, really? He thought Adam Dunn struck out too much, among other things, I think. But, yeah, they had beef. Like, Marty was not scared to go at a player. But some of it was playful because Adam Dunn prank called Marty during a broadcast one time. Oh, okay, well, that's kind of funny. Yeah, but, like, some of that beef was real. Like, it wasn't all fun and games, but some of it was. I don't know. He's a legend. It was cool to see the tribute. That video that Matt Vaskersian did, did you see the MLB Network one? So Yeah, I did. I did. Yeah, that was awesome. Tons of tributes. Um, I can't imagine working in baseball for as long as he did. That's a lot of baseball games. But, I don't know. I thought that was pretty cool. Marty Brendan was nice to me. His partner, the Cowboy, Jeff Brantley, was as well. Uh, didn't really have to be so happy retirement Marty uh, definitely well deserved so I'm trying to think if there's anything else baseball's coming down the last weekend AL wild card NL, Divi- NL central division rates other than that everything's decided isn't it yep yep the playoffs pretty much decided 
Uh, the Braves will get either the Cardinals or the uh, the uh, Brewers. The Dodgers will get either the Cardinals or the Brewers. Uh, Minnesota and New York are set pretty much, and then Houston's going to get Oakland. They're uh, tap the back. All right, I think that's about everything we've got. We had a long, long, long show today, so enjoy that on your drive home from work. Maybe it's payday. Maybe you're listening to this at work, trying to get through the last hours. I don't know. Enjoy your weekend. Um, should be lots of good football on, including a battle for first place in the SEC West in Tuscaloosa. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> enjoy the weekend. Maybe we'll start getting some cooler weather. And one last time, I'm pretty jacked up about this sponsorship with LBs. Yeah. Uh, it took a while for us to get a sponsor. Um, I'm glad we got one. Hopefully there's more coming. If you want to sponsor the show, reach out to me. Greg's an awesome guy. Greg's the first one to jump on board. Hopefully there's many more after. Go see him. University Avenue across from Kroger. Greg's got the meats. Steak, uh, sausages, jalapeno poppers, whatever kind of specific cut you want. The dude will help you out. He's always friendly. Go in there. I love LBs. Greg's got the meats. So you got anything else? I'm getting out of here. No, let's get out of here. All right. Well, I appreciate everybody listening. Like, subscribe to the podcast. We appreciate it. Rate and review. I'm still very sad. Bumble guy deleted his review. That's a crying shame. Um, so rate, review. Give us five stars. Say whatever you want in the comments. I appreciate listening to the podcast. My bosses are happy with the numbers continuing to grow. So please keep my bosses happy. Tell your friends about it. Um, so for Brian Scott Rippey, I mean, for Colin Brister, I'm Brian Scott Rippey. We will be back at it on Monday. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.